Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leba. Joining me, as always, on this wonderful Monday afternoon is my friend and co-host, Nick Martin. And Nick, we always start off with our favorite underdogs for the upcoming slate, the one we'll be previewing. This is Tuesday, January the 24th. Uh, We're going to start with you. I have a big dog that we're going to talk about, but I want to start with you because I think we're going to go into a couple of different tangents on the one that I'll be talking about. So uh, let's start with uh, with your dog, and it's one that we, we're both going to be on on Tuesday night. Yeah, I think this is a really sound underdog pick. I'm going with the Buffalo Sabres to beat the St. Louis Blues on the road. It will be a back-to-back spot for Buffalo, but that's very much being priced into the, the market here. When you look at these two teams, it really isn't a very hard case to say that Buffalo is just strictly better than St. Louis. They have a plus 17 goal differential. The Blues have a minus 18 goal differential. The Blue, uh, the Sabres have a better winning percentage altogether. The splits get even crazier when you look at this. So as of last week, the East altogether at a plus 115 goal differential versus the West. When you look at these team splits, they're both playing a huge role in that. St. Louis is 7-11-1 versus the East. Buffalo's 13-7-1 versus the West. So there's just so many arguments that say Buffalo are straight up just the better team here. And obviously St. Louis have the situational advantage being at a traveling back-to-back for Buffalo. But that's really it. I think outside of that, the case is very clear that Buffalo are the better side. And I should note their underlying analytics are far better too. So really, wherever you want to look at it, record, results, analytics, goal differential, they're all better. Buffalo are perfectly healthy. St. Louis might not have Buchnevich for this one as well. So I think this is a great price. It's probably going to move heavily to towards Buffalo, I think, because there really just isn't anything you can be looking at that suggests the Sabres aren't the better team. So hopefully that's reflected. I think we're getting a good number to back them here. Yeah, I'm with you on Buffalo. Uh, I think you laid it out pretty well, so won't really get too much further into it. Um, all right, my underdog, Chicago Blackhawks. They are plus 190 in Vancouver. 
against the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks minus 225 in Rick Tockett's coaching debut. The over-under here is six. This is uh, a bet on an underdog bet on a couple of fronts. First of all, the price is outrageous and it's going to probably get even more outrageous and it's going to be people betting into the new coach, the new manager bounce with Tockett taking over for Bruce Boudreaux. But I actually think that this is an outlier situation where we might not see that kind of bounce for a couple of reasons. One, the Canucks aren't, they haven't, it's not that a lot of times when coaches get fired, it's there. The underlying analytics show that it's just a team being unlucky. It's a goaltender. You know, there's a, that old hockey cliche. You show me a fired coach and I'll show you a goaltender that's struggling. Um, and that's not what's going on here. Sure. The goalies haven't been good for Vancouver, but it's, it's much more of a issue with the roster construction. The defense is a mess. They make a ton of mistakes. They just can't manage the puck. That's not going to change overnight just because Rick Tockett's and has been the coach for 48 hours. Uh, so that's one, two, the players loved boost Boudreaux. He is a, as much a player's coach as you can get. So you're going to go from that extreme to Rick Tockett, who I want to say he's, you know, in that Daryl Sutter, you know, tough, you have to always be tough on your players no matter what's happening mold, but he's definitely more in that, that part of the Venn diagram than the Bruce Boudreaux Venn diagram. So I don't know how thrilled the playing group is going to be here. Three, a lot of these players know that they're going to be traded soon. So why would they give Rick Tockett like, you know, this, all their hundred percent fulfilled effort. Like it's human nature to kind of be like this, this season's got so off the rails that I don't want to be excited. Sure. There might be some, you know, players down the lineup that maybe thought, they weren't getting a fair shake under Boudreaux, but I think those players are few and far between. Uh, JT Miller was playing a ton. Elias Pettersson was playing a ton. This wasn't a usage problem. This was a just the team isn't very well-constructed problem. Um, so people are going to bet into this narrative that the, the team will bounce back a little bit under Rick Tockett. We saw them do it last season under Bruce Boudreaux when Travis Green got fired they they went on a crazy tear and and, and put a little pressure on the playoff race that's that's just not going to happen here there's nothing really to play for for this team their best kind of course of action is to not play well and, or to not to lose more than they win uh, and and continue to increase their odds in the lottery for Connor Bedard who is from the area so the Blackhawks are terrible they're going into uh, a weird environment here, but plus 190 against this Vancouver Canucks team, who's only nine points better than the last place team in the NHL, which is Columbus right now, uh, is a great number. And another thing I want to expand on related to that is Vancouver is 120 to one to finish with the less worst record in the NHL right now at FanDuel. They're not going to. That That's too big a gap. They have too much talent. And the teams below them are... are you know, it's it's they're gonna all be falling over themselves over the next few months, just like Vancouver has been doing. That said, for a ten dollar bet at one hundred twenty one odds, I think it's worth it because this team is only going to get worse. They are going to trade a thirty goal scorer and their captain Bo Horvat in the coming weeks. They're going to try to trade Connor Garland. They're going to try to trade Brock Besser. What have we been saying all along with the Canucks? Their best asset is their deep top six they can score they can outscore their defensive problems so the the reason they've won their game you know as many games as they have which isn't many is because they can score you delete a couple of impact forwards off this roster and it becomes a much harder task 
to outscore the dozens and dozens of defensive errors that they make. Also, you're betting that 120 to one number and thinking maybe this Rick Tockett thing just goes south because of his personality. You're changing from one, one extreme to the other. Maybe the playing group just doesn't adapt to it. So there's a, a lot of different ways this thing can go south. And if you think about this team is nine points better than Columbus's right now with those guys on the roster, there is a universe where 120 to one comes through, or at least you get a good run for your money. This number is likely not going to get much longer. There's a few teams in this 100 to one range in this market that are, that are a little interesting. Montreal with Cole Caulfield now out is one they're 101. Uh, but yeah, I think the Canucks here are incredibly overvalued because they're making coaching change at minus 225. And I think that they are also worth a little dabble 120 to one to finish with the worst record in the NHL. Um, but yeah, the Haw- that's a long way of saying the Chicago Blackhawks are my my underdog on uh, Tuesday night. What do you have to say about Hawks and the Canucks circus? Yeah, I'll elaborate on, I think, a th- couple of things that support your notions altogether. So maybe the Canucks go on a bit of a placebo upswing. It's possible. But I don't see them being better under Talkit at all. Not at all, especially because I actually think it's like, he could be a horrible fit if Pedersen starts playing terribly, loses some confidence. Maybe Talkit comes in and thinks he's going to change multiple things about his game. That is a storyline that I can completely see happening. We saw similar things in Arizona with guys who had some upside at the time. Talkit was obsessed with playing guys that shouldn't have been getting big minutes. And Bruce Boudreaux is one of the winningest coaches in NHL history in the regular season. And maybe he was a little dated past his absolute prime. Talkit has won 178 out of 438 games in the three-point winning era. Like that is what the Canucks management is thinking here, firing Bruce, thinking that this thing is going to get turned around with the roster they have is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't even know if I hope they're bad because I don't want them to get bedard. Like, it's just, I try not to like take it personally, but just what is going on there doesn't make sense. Talkit hasn't proven to be a good coach, which maybe he will with, better rosters but this isn't really a better roster so it's pretty hard to see the the angle here for the Canucks getting going I I like the 121 shot I think it's a fun long shot so hopefully things go poorly um (laughs) and yeah with that said like I think things could get ugly here I hope Peterson doesn't resign there and I think there's every possibility that him and Talkit don't mesh and he has been incredible this year so I think if something like that happens and he starts to really fall off then the downside of this team is is bad and yeah like the goaltending wasn't good the defensive core is not good at what point do you say what coach is going to come in and sort this out so yeah i'm interested to see and it's probably kind of a high volatile situation which is where i'd want to have the side like chicago talking about this game because yeah maybe the canucks come out inspired win at 5-1 that's one way it could go but i wouldn't be surprised to see it become you know a bit of a letdown spot and they're truly not that good and then it's just you're getting a great number to black back the blackhawks yeah, volatile is, is the word with the Canucks. And that's uh, why I like both of these bets because this room has just torn itself apart all season long. And it's going to, if it continues to do that under a, a more ornery coach uh, than Bruce Boudreaux, man, uh, this thing could get ugly. Uh, and nine points, you know, that you're just asking the, the Blue Jackets to go on like a decent, and they've shown some signs, like a decent run. Maybe a couple of the other teams, you'll put a little pressure on the Canucks uh, and they stay on that pace. So. It's a fun bet. That is a fun bet just to make right now. You got half a season left. 
10 bucks, five bucks, one buck, just toss it on the Canucks at 120 to one. And, and, and you get to, you know, watch the circus continue to unfold. Um, all right. So that, those are our dogs. So probably our longest underdog section of the year. Sabres, they're plus 120 right now. Like Nick said, you might want to get on that one uh, as soon as you listen to this. And the Blackhawks, they're plus 190 in Vancouver. It's a nine-game slate. Let's take a look at uh, the big board here. We'll start with Minnesota and Tampa. Minnesota's plus 135 right now in heading to Amelie Arena. Uh, Bolts minus 162 over under six and a half. I'm going to be passing here closer to the Wild, who... Um, you know, when the numbers get like this with Minnesota, no matter their opposition, just because of the way they can play five and five, it's they become interesting. Tampa's lost two in a row, um, but just generally over the past, you know, you look back at their like last twenty five games, they they've been really good. Um, so it's a pass for me here uh, with a slight like wink towards Minnesota. Yeah, I don't really have anything on this one. I thought it looked pretty fair, and yeah, I was kind of leaning to a pass. The Golden Knights, uh, plus 145, traveling to New Jersey, take on the Red Hot Devils, minus 170, the over-under. Here is uh, six and a half. Vegas is scuffling right now since coming back from the holiday break. They are skating to uh, – well, I mean, they've been banged up, but they're only skating to a uh, 46% point percentage. They're 5, 6, and 1. Uh, one of those wins came the other night against your Capitals, but just overall, it's it's the results aren't there. I think it's it's more of a depth thing because the the underlying metrics are still all right. They're not getting the uh, the goaltending we saw out of not even close to it out of Logan Thompson and uh, the Gaden Hill that we saw in the beginning of the year. That said, um, the Devils are winning games here, and they're not winning them in, in like the exact same way that they did early on they're they're kind of days of dominating the scoring chance battle is are look to be a little bit behind them it's just they're not tilting the ice uh as much so i think the number here on vegas is is pretty tempting actually and i'll, I'll say this a couple times through the episode i think but i think that this is actually a decent underdog round robin night if, if you're into those kind of things and vegas would be one of them i like the knights here uh, i know you're always pretty high on the devils but i just think that this number is a little lofty i am high on the devils but i actually do think they've started to play a lot worse even though like I've, i was pumping my own tires for predicting they'd win a lot of games in january well the process has looked worse i actually ended up getting on pittsburgh live on sunday and thought it was somewhat of a bad beat but with that said the reason i'm not going to back the knights here is i am so low on where the knights are at we talked about it before the detroit game this team is so banged up. I actually think it's possible Jack Eichel's playing through injury. That or maybe now that he's getting tougher usage with Stone out, that could be hurting his results. But he's not really looking like a true number one center, which is really meaningful because Mark Stone was in incredible form and he's out with his back situation now. And then we talked about last week how there's a plethora of guys missing behind that. Um, they took the boots to my caps on Saturday. But that was one of those games where I don't know if the Caps were out the whole night, the night before or what it was. That was like horrible. Like I'm not, that just looked like one of those ones where there was a team that was absolutely not ready to go at all. Like every breakdown was so easy. It was just, it didn't really impress me that much on Vegas. It just looked like a game where the Caps really weren't there and rolled over. All their uh, post-game interviews kind of echoed that sentiment that that's what it was. I, I do think uh, Vegas 
are going to be a scary team to bet right now or moving forward, just because up front, there really aren't that many guys in elite form at all. And then if Thompson starts to slow up. So yeah, I think for me, it's kind of just a pass, not because, yeah, just because I kind of think the devils have, haven't been as good as they've their record lately. And I think Vegas are in the same boat, which is kind of what scares me with, with backing them as an underdog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if this, the Knights right now are the type of team that I'd run pretty far away from uh, as at short prices but this one uh looks long enough with and it looks worth it to take on the devils considering you know what where their their game is at uh, right now uh pretty close to a pick up here in nashville winnipeg's minus 115 the preds minus 105 the over unders five and a half the the jets look a little cheap here i'm just really scared of you saros with this form right now and i know that hellebuck's on the other end but it's really scary uh, I, I like we have our, our sheet that, that we lo- uh, load our picks into before uh, we record and I had the Jets and then I was like, you know what, like, let me take a deeper look here. And, and, and then I was actually excited to see you are on Winnipeg. So I'd like to hear uh, what you have to say here, because I, I mean, I like to bet against the Preds a lot, but Saros, man, like he could sneak up in the Vesna race and he's a pretty big price. So I want to keep an eye on. He could, and I think there's an outside chance that they surprised and started Riddich here just to give him one going into the all-star break. They're in a pretty good situation. They might want to say, hey, play your former side. Right. So I think that's something to watch out for. I was surprised at how close this opened. I think if it's Hellebuck and it's still around minus 115 tomorrow, it's a really strong play. I like the Jets. They should pick up the lines. I think kind of however they want to do it with Ehlers back in the mix, their top six looks pretty scary. But the new unit with Shifley has really been working the last two games. So they've got two really dangerous top units. I think those guys will both be really tough uh, matchups for the Preds. They're just a better team. I, I think that I, I thought from what they've done thus far, I would have expected minus 130 here. So I think it's kind of just an obvious one. I'm sure it'll be a popular play tomorrow, but, but I think it's a really reasonable uh, side to be on. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks plus 120 taking on. The Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena. Coyotes minus 140. No, thank you. Uh, the over-under is six and a half. Maybe the Ducks win. Maybe the Blue Jackets win on Monday night. And, and all of a sudden, that Canucks bet already has legs. Um, but this is an easy, easy pass for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really want to get involved with this one. The Coyotes have been pretty horrible, but it's the Ducks. They are Their defensive play is just a train wreck. So looks like a good time to pass. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get to... Uh, top shelf bets are best bets for January the 24th. We will close up this section with Washington Capitals, your Washington Capitals, plus 135 in Colorado. The abs are minus 155. The over under here is six. This line could go, could ping pong all over the place because there are some notable injury updates that you got to keep an eye on out for. Kale McCarr practiced, but he's questionable. He took warm ups against Seattle, so you just you know don't know that they they. they would like to handle him with, with kid gloves if they could, but they're not really afforded that luxury because they're in the thick of a playoff race. Um, and then Alex Ovechkin practiced today, but he uh, is also listed as day-to-day. So this line can bounce all over the place. Plus, you got the, the issue that Colorado is on a five-game winning streak, and all of a sudden everyone's talking about the abs are back. Like, why did we ever doubt them? But if you look at that five-game winning streak, and it is impressive. They outscored their opponents 22 to six, not including the goal that they got for beating Seattle in the shootout. It was Ottawa, Detroit, Vancouver, Calgary, and Seattle. So not murderers row, but once you can only beat the teams in front of you and, and it was much needed for this team. They're now in a playoff spot uh, as we talk on Monday. 
I think the under might be worth a look. Colorado's been playing pretty low event uh, in in their uh, in, during this win streak. Like they're limiting high danger chances. They're not creating a ton themselves. They're still banged up. Makar makes a huge difference, obviously, if he's in or out. So if you, I like the under even with Makar in the lineup. Abs and caps. People probably think of offense with you know the horses that it will be in play. But other than that, like it's it's tough to to find an angle here on on a money line. Yeah, I didn't see much there. I think it's a good time. And I'll note too, so Oshi uh, just left uh, to return home. His wife is going into labor. So he is going to be out of the lineup. So Oshi will be out. But it's an interesting time to talk about true wins above replacement, I think. Um, because one of the biggest turnaround for the Avs. So there's a trickle-down effect. Whenever a guy's out of the lineup, you're always considering who's going to play what minutes, where they're actually going to go to, which makes it somewhat, somewhat tough to project sometimes. And you want to be thinking about who's actually going to get in the minutes. So something like for the Caps, Oshi being out, I'd actually argue that right now that's going to affect probably less than people think because they're actually scratching somewhat similar players right now every single night. So when the minutes get reestablished, it doesn't actually move the needle as much. Looking at the other av- end of things with the Avs and how it's gone this year, one of the biggest reasons for the return to form the last stretch, the last couple of games, Nachushkin is back and they did not have anyone to plug into those minutes. So he is actually offering such an upgrade compared to where they were at. And I think that has been a big part of it at this number. I actually would lean to the abs at minus minus one fifty-five. I think it'll probably, they'll probably be a bigger, bigger favorite tomorrow, but we'll see how it goes. And I, I like the under angle. I think that could be a respectable one. The caps definitely aren't going to play as bad defensively as they did versus Vegas. I hope I'm sure that's probably, <laughs> Managing the breakdowns is the main storyline. They're going to be talking about here. Kemper's return home. I think yeah. it's one where you'll hopefully see the Caps, if you're me, hopefully see them play a better <laughs> defensive game. I expect it. I think they're capable. So, yeah, the under, it's definitely a reasonable look. All right. Uh, on that, we'll move over to Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, January 24th. Top Shelf, where Mama hides the cookie. Uh, I'll go first. I like the Florida Panthers. They're plus 125 on the road in Pittsburgh. The Penguins are minus 145. Uh, the over-under here is 6.5. The Panthers will be on the second night of a back-to-back. They'll be playing in uh, at MSG on Monday night. Alex Lyon will start, so we could hopefully see Spencer Knight in this one. He was in a conditioning stint in the AHL for the past uh, few days while he's recovering from an injury. Sergei Bobrovsky also banged up, so it would be... Uh, Knight or Lion, and I don't think that they're gonna, or or uh, Matt Gudzik, I believe, is the other the number four goalie. So I don't think they're going to go with him here in a game that's huge in terms of playoff implications. Uh, the the uh, Panthers could be just one point behind the Penguins uh, if they get the win in New York on Monday night. Uh, at most, they'll be three back. So a huge game for the Panthers to try to get going here. They're seven two and one over their last ten. Uh, the, their underlying numbers all season have been pretty good. Aaron Ekblad looks like he'll he'll play. Looks like Sam Bennett is going to play. They were injury doubts uh, earlier this morning, uh, coming out of their last game. And the Penguins, to me, are just they're uninspiring. They're 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 pedestrian. They're playing to a really you know mediocre level, and it's been going on for a while now. It's not this isn't just a ten game blip now. This is going all the way back to the beginning of the holiday holiday break, and maybe even a little before. And you just have to always wonder with this team where, as the season gets longer, and, and these guys because they're long in the tooth, they they've dealt with you know Jeff Petrie being out, Chris Letang's been out for a while. 
and the goaltending I think is, you know, I know Tristan Jari had a pretty good game against the Devils. The first goal was soft, but um, that was the only one he gave up until until overtime. But the, you just can't really rely on Jari and DeSmith right now, especially with Jari coming off of a pretty lengthy injury. So there's just enough red flags here for Pittsburgh uh, that I think that you're getting the better team. Although I know it's a back-to-back, so I think that we might see even an overreaction here in Florida, depending on how they do against the Rangers, especially this number get even bigger. Uh, but I'm expecting this this to be a much tighter game than these odds imply. I think that these two teams are right now on, on pretty equal footing. Uh, I know Pittsburgh will have the, the last change, but you know Sidney Crosby against Sasha Barkov is is – not you know that's a a matchup that you you won't be afraid of you know you know Sidney Crosby is obviously awesome but he's not going to own the puck if if Florida can get that matchup so um I like the Panthers here I think the number is is good enough uh to keep going against this Pittsburgh team that I think is skating on on thin ice yeah I'm I kind of see both sides of it I'm curious to see what defensive personnel the Penguins have for this game just because I do think it's a valid concern to say that a lot of the downswing there was just that they had numerous puck movers out at the same time and they were just getting caved in their own zone they couldn't break out uh worse than usual so i see it i'm a little intrigued or interested to see the uh, panthers goaltending situation too because that could be if you know if you're talking about a four string option that's where it starts to get a little concerning yeah i'm i'm pretty i'm i'll say this like if if it is mac goodsa in, in goal it, it's a it's a just point this part of the show is probably moot, but I, I would be shocked if, if Spencer Knight, he's joining the team uh, in, in New York, he's not going to play in New York. So that tells me that it, it'll likely be Knight uh, against the Penguins. And, and he's put up some good performances in the AHL in this convention extent. So yeah, give me the cats here uh, is my underdog. And now we'll flip it over to you uh, for the game of the night. Sharks yeah. and Red Wings. Yeah. Not a lot of excitement with the Sharks and Red Wings, but I was surprised at how long this number is. I think we're going to see sharp money come in on the sharks and the numbers are going to be worse. These two teams are like nearly identical. If you walk off the first month of the season, which I get that that's a thing, blah, blah, blah. But the sharks are controlling more of the play. They're winning at a nearly identical rate to the red wings. Once you get rid of the hot start that Detroit had, and I think they're, the talent level on each team is actually kind of comparable. I know the Red Wings have a few more young guys in the mix that are kind of inspiring some excitement. But really, when you just boil it down, just like you said with the Panthers thing, I don't think this is a game where Detroit should be as favored as they are. And I think it's just kind of an, an easy case to say that the Sharks are going to hang around, they're going to make this tough, and that they shouldn't be this big of an underdog. I'm with you. Uh, the Sharks, to me, are a great bet. They will likely take some money here, but uh, they'll, they'll be an underdog and um, well worth it. So Sharks and Panthers is our favorite underdogs, our best bets, the Sabres. Uh, excuse me, Sharks and Panthers is our best bets, and then our underdogs, the Sabres and uh, Hawks at the top of the show. And if, if you are interested in playing a underdog round robin for Tuesday night, I would go Panthers, Sharks, Knights, Sabres, uh, and then the Hawks. And if you wanted to throw in, uh, you know, a, a a favorite to, to kind of anchor it, it would be uh, the Winnipeg Jets. So a little a long shot bet for you there. Maybe by the time <laughs> we talk on Thursday, I'll be retired uh, from hitting that round robin and Nick will be hosting it with, with, with someone else. Uh, but until then, this has been Line Change. Thank you for listening. Good luck with all your bets. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. We will see you again Wednesday night or Thursday morning.
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.